You're listening to the training podcast from PursueGod.org, the official training channel for pastors, small group leaders, and disciple makers. Find more resources to help train your church at PursueGod.org slash training. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the training podcast. And today we're going to be looking at the second of four weeks in our training edition of The Pursuit. This is a fast track edition that brings you through the 12-week series called The Pursuit, pursuegod.org forward slash go. We're bringing you through that 12-week series, but we're going to do it in four weeks, which means instead of going one lesson at a time, there are 12 lessons, we are going through three lessons at a time. So today we're going to take a look at the second module out of the four modules. This is the Trusting Jesus module. Now remember last time we talked about in the introductory module that you know that God is for you, not against you, that he wants to give everyone a full life, that the Bible's trustworthy, it's reliable, that we're all created in the image of God. And that means that we should love God and love people. We should reflect God to the world. So, so the first three lessons by way of introduction are for the skeptic or for the person who is wondering what Christianity is really about, that Christianity is is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It impacts the world, um, that it's about life and liberty. It's not about just about rules. It's not just about um, f- being fundamentalist, right? Because so many people out there today have the wrong idea about Jesus, and uh, and they think that he's just all about judgment. And so we want to just make sure that by way of introduction, that people understand that God is good, that he's for us, and that if we make a commitment to pursuing him on his terms, then we'll find him, and along with finding him, we'll discover life and life to the full, John 10.10. Okay, so that was all in the first three lessons. So you've brought somebody through those first three lessons, the introductory module of the pursuit, and that gets you to topic number four. Now, topic number four is where we finally introduce the bad news. So far, it's been good news. We're painting God in a good light. We want people to desire to pursue God. But we we have to tell the truth that God tells in the Bible. And that leads us to lesson number four. Lesson number four is what is sin. Lesson number five is who is Jesus. Lesson number six is saving faith. So that's what we're going to cover today. Lesson four five, and six. It's all about, we're, we're driving toward lesson six, which is the really the pivotal lesson in the whole pursuit series. This is where you get to lead someone to, to respond to Jesus in faith. Okay. So, but before we get there, lesson six, we need to make sure to talk about the problem. And the problem is what the Bible calls sin. So let me just read through the three talking points in lesson number four. I'll give you a little bit of insight on that, and then I'll talk through some of the discussion questions from Lesson 4. Here's the first talking point from Lesson 4. Sin, this is our definition, sin is going your own way, trusting and acting on your own opinions and feelings instead of on God's truth. So there's our definition. We give Genesis 3 verses 1 through 6 as a great example of that, right? God told Adam and Eve, don't eat from that tree right in the middle of the garden, but they couldn't help themselves. They disobeyed. And so they went their own way, they elevated their opinions and feelings above what God had said, and then the whole world gets broken, right? 
So that's the, the definition that we use, not just all throughout the pursuit. That's the definition that we use throughout the resources at PursueGod.org. This is our definition of sin. Sin is giving is flipping God the middle finger and, say, and saying, I'm going to go my way. I don't care about your way. That's what sin is. Okay. Here's the second talking point. It's that sin brings brokenness in every way, keeping us from experiencing the fullness of life that God wants for us. So it it brings in John 10, 10 again from lesson one, that you know that Jesus wants to give us life to the full. But instead of having life to the full, sin brings the opposite of that. Sin breaks everything. And, and Galatians 5 is a great list of, of sin, right? Galatians 5, 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery. And again, as, as you're reading this list with somebody, I, I think it's always fun to point out that it starts like really intense. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, idolatry, sorcery. So these are, these are like level 10 sins. But then it also like mixes in there these really normal sins that we can all relate to. A lot of people can't relate to the first list, although some people can. But the second list, the second part of the list, like we can all relate to hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy. And so the point, the point here is to help people to like understand what sin is, but not just in like an intellectual sense, but we're going to try to help people to understand their personal sin. And we'll talk about that when we get to the discussion questions. So that's the second talking point in this fourth lesson that sin brings brokenness. And the last talking point is this, that we're all born into sin and therefore we all must be born again. So it's this, it, it kind of refers to this passage from John 3, 3, where Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and, and Jesus says, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus kind of comically says, well, how do I go back into my mother's womb? He's like, no, I'm not talking about that. He's, say, he's basically saying you need this like spiritual rebirth. You need, you need this new birth. You need, to be, you need to be born of the spirit. Like there's something not physical that needs to happen to you. There's something spiritual that needs to happen to you. And, um, and, and that's kind of where we leave lesson one. We, it's it's a, almost like a cliffhanger. We leave... We leave lesson one where people are left to think about their sin and to think about this idea that, that they need to be born again. And, and spoiler alert, it's, it's something that they don't even have complete control over, right? Because the first time you were born, you didn't really do anything. <laughs> you were just born. Um, and, and it's the same thing with your rebirth, that God's got to do a work inside you and, and this is what you're inviting the person to do. By the time you get to topic four in the pursuit, you're inviting the person to let God do something in them, to begin letting God do something in them. And I would encourage you, if you're discipling someone, to just kind of let, let that truth ring out in their, in their minds. It really, lesson four is all about get, making room for the Holy Spirit to convict them of their sin. So with that in mind, let's look at some of the discussion questions for this lesson. Number one, on a scale of one, Mother Teresa to 10, Hitler, how bad of a sinner are you? That's a great first question. The second question is how would you rate someone or how would someone else rate you? So really ask someone, maybe if you're sitting there at a coffee shop, you know, 
draw it out on a napkin and say, oh, here's a scale, one to 10. Maybe, maybe even for you, it'd be helpful if you put yourself on the scale. You know, put yourself around a, I don't know, a three or a four or something like that, you know. And then see where they would put themselves. Where would they, where, you know, X marks the spots. Where, where would they put themselves? And then maybe if they're married, say, how would your spouse rate you? Or, or if they have kids, how would your kids rate you? Or how would your best friend rate you? Or how would God rate you? These are great questions. You can ask them sort of follow-up questions to question number one. Here's the next question. Why are feelings not the best barometer for good choices? How have some of your choices negatively impacted your life? Because remember, the definition of sin is following your feelings. So that's where that question's coming from. And then questions three and four are kind of diving into Genesis 3 and Galatians 5. Those are great questions to talk about, but I want to just look at question five. Question five just says, it's not even a question. It's really like a homework assignment. Take an honest look at your own life and identify a few areas of brokenness that you need to address. And this would be a good point as you're, as you're wrapping up topic four with somebody, this would be a good point for you to just encourage them to journal on it, to write it down. And, and if they want to share it with you next week, feel free. Like you don't want to pry necessarily, but the goal for lesson four is to help people understand the problem. The problem is sin. And uh, it, it's a word that, that really today's culture doesn't even use. And so, but it's so important for us to define it properly and allow people to feel the weight of their sin. In fact, here's what I would encourage you as you're discipling someone. I would encourage you to really be praying for them ahead of topic four and even after you cover topic four with them because you want to you want to help them to you want to you want to ask God to do what only God can do in their hearts. You know, you you can't convict somebody of sin. Only the Holy Spirit can convict somebody of sin. But if they're not convicted of sin, then the next two topics aren't going to make any difference in their life. Because if they don't know there's a problem, then they're not, they're not going to look for a solution. So what you should be doing, even as you prepare to have this conversation with somebody, is really to be praying for them that the Holy Spirit would do his work, convict those people, that person you're discipling, convict them of their sin, so that when you come back next week for topic five, and topic five is, five is called, Who is Jesus? That really, they, you know, the, the, the weight of who Jesus is can, can be felt by them. And here's how topic five is laid out in the pursuit. It's called Five Teachings About Jesus in the Early Church. And literally, all we do in this lesson is we go to Peter's sermon from Acts chapter 10, where he's preaching the first message to non-Jews. So it's really helpful for the person you're discipling because they're probably not Jewish, right? So, so really what, what Peter outlines in Acts chapter 10 is so instructive for us when we're trying to get the proper picture of Jesus. And remember, it's important for you to say this to people, that, that what that person that you're discipling believes about Jesus, and this is true for you too, what you believe about Jesus is the most important thing about you because what you believe about Jesus is the thing that will impact your eternal destiny. So that's why this lesson is so important Lesson five is, is the first, is like part one of the solution. You know, topic four is the problem. And the solution, we break into topic five and topic six. So, so solution part one 
is all about Jesus. And here's what Peter says about Jesus. Five things. Number one, there's peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. So the first thing we learn about Jesus is that, is that he's Lord of all, that he's not just a man. He's not just a good, he's not just a prophet or a good teacher, that Jesus is Lord of all. This is fundamental. And so, you know, a lot of cults today teach something less, that Jesus is kind of like a JV God. Mormonism teaches that. Jehovah's Witnesses teach a, the wrong picture of Jesus. But just the world in general has just a, like Jesus is a good guy, kind of like surfer Jesus. It's important that people understand that Jesus is fully God. That's what Colossians 1 describes. Christ is the invisible image of the visible, or is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything else was created. He's supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see, the things we can't see, etc. And so point number one is that Peter makes it clear that Jesus is God, not just man, but he's fully God. Number two, Peter says that Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So the second point is, you know, the first point is about the divinity of Jesus. The second point is about the humanity of Jesus, but really like the perfect humanity of Jesus. It's like Jesus is perfectly human. It's like, here's a good way to say it to, to the person you're discipling. Jesus is, is like human before the fall, right? Before Adam sinned and then sin and brokenness entered the world, that's the kind of humanity that Jesus has. Because Jesus wasn't born into sin like we, like we all were. Jesus, Jesus didn't inherit the sin nature like we do. Jesus is like the pre-fall Adam. Jesus is perfectly human, and so he goes around doing good and, and healing people. So on the one hand, it shows the, per, the perfection of his humanity. But on the other hand, it shows that he's God because he's doing things that only God can do. So that's the second point about Jesus from Acts 10. Now, the third point that Peter preaches about Jesus is that, these are, and these are just the details, but these are important details, is that, is that they put him to death by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him to life on the third day. So the third point that is, was so important in the early church, like all the early sermons included this. In fact, all four gospels include this, is that Jesus died on a cross and rose from the dead on the third day. This was so central to the message of the early church and it's really important that we include this whenever we share the gospel with somebody else. It needs to be very Christ-centric, and we need to make sure that we point to the death and resurrection of Jesus. It is literally the most important thing in history. It's like the watershed moment of history, the death and resurrection of Jesus. So you can read about that in Luke 23 uh, and Luke 24. Okay, number four, the fourth thing that Peter teaches about Jesus is that he is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all the living and the dead. Now, really, this is the first time that Peter in the sermon gets to the bad news. And remember, if you think about it in the context of the pursuit series, the first three lessons in the pursuit are all good news. Like God is for you, not against you, that the Bible can be trusted, that we're created in God's image. And that's all a good thing, right? We didn't get to the bad news till topic four, 
And interestingly, Peter doesn't get to the bad news until point four in his sermon. He says three good things, and then he finally brings in the bad news. He says, look, you're going to be judged. Jesus didn't just bring blessings. He doesn't just want to give you a life to the full. But the other side of that is true as well, that you're going to die in your sins, that he's going to judge. He's going to judge the world for their sins. Romans 2.9 says, there will be trouble and calamity for everyone who keeps on doing what is evil for the Jew first and also for the Gentile. And Romans 2.16 says, this is the message I proclaim that the day is coming when God through Christ Jesus will judge everyone's secret life. So let's not forget that that mixed in with the good news is the bad news. And so it's important for people to understand that they will be judged by Jesus. But that the good news is that's not where Peter leaves his sermon. So that's Acts 10.42. And the very next verse, Peter leaves with this great news. And, and you're, you're going to leave your mentee with the great news in topic five as well. And here it is. Everyone who believes in Jesus will have their sins forgiven through his name. That's Acts 10, 43. And then I really encourage you to have the person that you're discipling read Acts or Romans 3, 23. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. But then read verse 24. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. Okay, so here's what I want to make sure that you understand as you consider discipling someone through these first two lessons. Topic four is all about the problem. What is sin? Hopefully the person that you're discipling recognizes that, that he or she is a sinner, begins to take ownership for their sin, begins to feel the weight of their sin. That's so important. Topic five is all about explaining who Jesus is in a very biblical way going through those five points. Again, you've got those discussion questions that you can go through that, that just really presses for clarity. In fact, the, the last question, question number five in topic number five, is what questions do you still have about Jesus? And it, it says, you know, make a list. So encourage the person you're discipling to make a list about their questions about Jesus. Now, you can find more answers right at PursueGod.org. In fact, at the bottom of module two, uh, the Trusting Jesus module, at the bottom of each of the, these modules, if you click on the hashtag Trusting Jesus, it just gives you more topics on Jesus and who Jesus is and sin and all that stuff. So that's a good place to find some additional topics to discuss with your, with your mentee before you go on to topic number six. But I want to make sure that you understand what's happening by the time you finish topic five with somebody that you're, you're, that you're discipling. They've learned about sin, they've learned about Jesus, but you haven't yet you haven't yet allowed them to to respond to Jesus in faith. So far it's just been like a journey through the Bible in terms of understanding sin and Jesus. It's really really important because because saving faith requires understanding this information, this fundamental information, not just understanding it intellectually. But even understanding it like at this deeper heart level, right? This, this inside, this spiritual level, you have to really understand it at that level. That's what you're trying to help that person do by exposing them to these videos and these full-length podcasts for these lessons, by exposing them to the scripture for these lessons, by talking through the discussion questions for these lessons. 
So here you are now at topic number six, the last topic in this mod, this trusting Jesus module. And this is the most important lesson in the whole pursuit, I would say, because it's the lesson where, where the person that you're discipling has an opportunity to get right with God. They have an opportunity to respond to everything that they've learned so far. And we call this lesson getting right with God. And so it's all going to be about saving faith. And here, here are the talk. Let me just read through the talking points and some of the scripture. And then I just want, again, I want to encourage you uh, and give you some tips on how to disciple someone through this. Okay. Talking point. There's actually five talking points in, in topic six. Number one, out of love, God sent Jesus into the world to solve our sin problem. This is just sort of a summary of, of everything we've learned so far. God loves you. He cares about you. You matter to him. But you have a sin problem, but he loves you so much that he sent Jesus to solve the problem. See lesson five to learn more about Jesus. See lesson four for a reminder about our sin problem. Okay, so, so topic number one is just a real introductory, or sorry, talking point number one is just a real introductory talking point. And, and a good summary verse for that is 1 John 4, 9. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Okay, now, talking point number two is where we're going to talk a little bit about saving faith. We're going to introduce this concept of saving faith. And saving faith requires two things. It's like, it's like the two sides to the same coin. Number one, it requires the right information. So you need the right information about your sin. You need the right information about Jesus. We, tr- we can trust the Bible to give us the right information. You know, that was topic number two. But it's not just about the right information because the demons have all the right information about Jesus. The demons already know all this information. They know who Jesus is. They know that, that, they, that they're sinful and broken and rebellious. But the demons aren't saved. So saving faith requires more than the right information. It also requires this other thing that we call the right attitude. Now, we use the word attitude, but the Bible uses the word repentance, And we point to Acts chapter 2, verses 37 and 38. This is going back to Peter's very first sermon. Now, we looked in topic 5, we looked at Peter's sermon in Acts chapter 10, but actually his very first sermon that he ever preached is recorded in Acts chapter 2. And at the end of his sermon, where he preaches about Jesus, it says in verse 37 that his words pierced the hearts of the people who were listening, and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? And so that is such a perfect example of the attitude of faith that we need in order to be saved. They, they got the right information and then they were left in this place where they're like, what should we do? And here's the thing is some of the people that you're going to be discipling through the pursuit at this point in the pursuit are going to be in that same mind space. They're going to be saying, I've learned about my sin. I've learned about Jesus what should I do? And that's what topic six is all about. It's to help them to respond properly to everything that they've learned if they have the right attitude. And so Peter's response in verse 38 is each of you must repent of your sin. So there it is, repent and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So so Peter's response to that is you need to repent and turn to God. And that's what you're going to be inviting someone else to do at the end of this lesson. You're going to invite them to repent and turn to God. That is topic 
Sorry, talking point number two. Talking point number three says this. We start a relationship with God by personally trusting Jesus for salvation. So this is where that we're really like leading ourselves to this, to this response of faith to Jesus. Romans 10, 9, it says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, I want to make a comment about this, Romans 10, 9. This is the verse that, that we use to justify having somebody pray a sinner's prayer. Now, maybe you've heard some information, maybe you've listened to a preacher on YouTube or whatever who says that sinner's prayers are wrong. I, I want to I take issue with that. Now, I think a sinner's prayer is wrong if all you're doing is praying a sinner's prayer with somebody. And you're not teaching them about who Jesus is. You're not looking for a signs of repentance in their heart. But a sinner's prayer is very appropriate. Like leading someone in a sinner's prayer where, where they respond in faith to Jesus is very appropriate if you're discipling them and making sure that you're paying attention to their spiritual readiness. So as a discipler, what you're doing in topic number six, when you're going through topic six with somebody, is you're, you're not just presenting the information. You've done a good job of that probably if you've gotten this far. Now what you're really looking for when you're having this conversation is you're looking to see if, they're, if they have this heart attitude that we see in Acts chapter two. If it seems like they're being cut to the heart, if it seems like they have a real sorrow for their sin, if it seems like they understand who Jesus is and, and how Jesus is the solution for their sin, if you recognize those things as you're discipling them, then I think you should be prepared in topic six to lead them through a sinner's prayer. And so Romans 10.9, I'm going to read it again now. Romans 10.9 is, is something you want to just make sure that they understand that it says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So what you're going to do in question five for this topic, and we'll get to that, what you're going to do is you're going to lead them in a sinner's prayer if they want to. And when you do that, you're applying this principle to, to their lives this day, Romans 10, 9. You're helping them. You're like a witness for them as they openly declare that Jesus is Lord. As they, as they confess to you and to God that they believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. And again, the promise from Romans 10, 9 is that you'll be saved if you do that. Now, but that's talking point number three, but we're not going to do that yet because we got to say two more things about saving faith before you lead someone in a sinner's prayer. The first thing is that we're saved 100% by grace the moment we trust Jesus for salvation. So this, this refers to, among other things, Ephesians 2.8. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. And so what we're doing here in, in Ephesians 2.8 is we're, we're making sure that they understand this is not a work. This is not a gift. You're not going to like keep a checklist to be right with God. Like You are saved by grace through faith, period. That's what God's word says. So you want to make sure they understand that. And the last talking point is just one more clarifying point about saving faith, which is that God offers this free gift to everyone, no matter what you've done. Because you might be discipling someone who's saying, uh, this sounds too good, to be, too good to be true. I don't think that God would accept me. I don't think that, 
I don't think that this could possibly work for me because of all the skeletons in my closet. So if you feel like you've got someone who's in that place, then read Romans 3.22, or, or better yet, have them read Romans 3.22. It says, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. So there's that truth. We're made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. This doesn't say anything about what you do. And then the second part of 22 is super powerful. It says, and this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. And so encourage people with these words. Hey, this is what, I know it sounds crazy. It sounds too good to be true. Some people might be like, wait, are you saying that we can do whatever we want and he doesn't care how I live? And your answer to that, by the way, is no, we're not saying that at all. And we'll get to that in the next module. But this module is all about trusting Jesus for salvation. And, and the truth that they need to understand is, is we're, we're made right with God by trusting Jesus for salvation. We start a relationship with God by trusting Jesus. That's it. We trust Jesus. We trust what he did, what he did on the cross. We, tr- we trust that he died for our sins on the cross. That's the simple beauty of the gospel message is that we're saved by grace through faith 100%. It's a free gift from God, and it applies to everyone, no matter what skeletons you have in the closet. That's what topic six is all about. So topic six just kind of is the crescendo for everything we've learned so far in the first six lessons of the pursuit. And so let's look at some of these discussion questions, because these are really, really important for you to talk through with somebody. Question Question number two, it says, make a list of the right information we need to be saved. And so have them make that list. Say, what are the things you've learned about sin? And don't answer it for them. Let them answer it. What are some of the things that we've learned about Jesus? Make sure that they answer it. This is a good opportunity for you to see if they truly understand what we've been learning so far. Question three, it says, read Ephesians 2.8. Why is it important to see grace as a gift? Again, the answer to that is because... Otherwise, we're going to take credit for it. That's verse 9. We'll, we'll boast about it. We'll get prideful about it. It's nothing we can do. It's all about what Jesus did. Question 4 says, read Romans 3.22. What does the verse say we have to do to receive the gift of salvation? Have them answer that question. Make sure that, they, make sure that they're connecting the dots on that question. And that follow-up question number 4 is, do you have a hard time believing that God loves you despite your past? Give them a chance to answer that. Give them a chance to sort of confess that, that they feel unworthy. All that stuff is so good. It's so helpful to lead them to this last question for the day. And it's question number five. I'm going to read it to you. It says, read Romans 10, 9. And the question is real simple. And look, look, we put this in here because we want to help you as a disciple maker to get to this really important moment. Now, some of you maybe have never led someone to faith before. So let's spend, let's spend a minute on this. Go to question five, prayerfully, hopefully you've been praying about this, praying that the Holy Spirit would, would lead you to this place and lead them to this place to respond to this question. Here's the question. After they read Romans 10, 9, in fact, have them read it. Don't you read it, have them read it. That's a, a great tip. Anytime you come to, to scripture in these questions, have them read the scripture. It's so valuable to have them read it. And here's the question. Have you made a confession of faith in Jesus yet? If not, what questions do you still need answered? And maybe they'll say, I don't, I think I have all my questions answered. 
And so the last question is, are you ready to do it today? Now look, some of you, again, might be a little intimidated to ask that question. You might be a little bit intimidated to lead someone through a sinner's prayer. But I just encourage you, don't be afraid to do it. Pray, pray for boldness on this last question. Don't skip this last question. Give them a chance to answer this last question for themselves. Be, be ready to lead them through a sinner's prayer. So when it says, are you ready to do it today? If their answer is, yeah, yeah, I think I'm ready. Then here's what you do. Go back up to the lesson, right? You can get it in the physical booklet. It's printed right there in the physical booklet or just right online. Click on read more in lesson number six. And there's a sinner's prayer listed right in there. It's right after the Romans 10:9 verse. Literally open up that sinner's prayer. It's so easy. Open up that sinner's prayer and either invite them to read it and pray it for themselves or, or you can lead them through it kind of like one line at a time. Let me read. Here's how I would do it. I would say, just repeat this after me. Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner. And then pause and let them repeat that. And then say, I know that you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Pause, let them say that. I know that you died on the cross and rose from the dead so that I could have life. Pause, let them say that so that I could have life. Then it says, I'm turning from my sin now. Pause, let them repeat it. And I'm turning to you in faith. I trust in you alone to forgive my sin and to give me new life. Thank you for this free gift. Amen. Now again, they don't have to read that. They don't, you don't even have to read it and repeat it. But if, if it's helpful to do it, that's great. There's nothing magical about that particular prayer. That's not like in the Bible anywhere. It's just, it's a, it's a good little sort of prayer-based summary of everything they've learned so far. And it's, it's giving them an opportunity to put it into words for themselves. Okay. So encourage them to do that. And once they've done it, here's what you need to say to them. You need to say, congratulations. The Bible says that you've moved over from death to life. You're a follower of Jesus. Your sins are forgiven. That's all true of them now because of those verses we just read. So celebrate with them if they pray that prayer. Now, if they don't pray the prayer, if, they, if you kind of get a sense that their hearts are still hard or they still have questions, this is really important because we're halfway through the pursuit right now. You just finished topic six. If they haven't prayed the prayer yet and you feel like they're not ready to become a Christian yet, then don't go on to topic seven. I think what you need to say is, let's spend some more time exploring some of these other topics on PursueGod.org about Jesus or faith. So like you could click on the trust, hashtag trusting Jesus uh, there at the bottom of the module um, and explore some of the topics like 10 sinful responses to sin or five proofs that Jesus is God or the difference between good guilt and bad guilt. So there's lots of questions on there. Um, or maybe even just explore some of the other topics at PursueGod.org with them. But if, if they're not a believer yet, if they're not a Christian yet, then it's, not, it's probably not appropriate to move on to topic number seven. Because topic number seven talks about getting baptized. 
Topic number eight talks about um, the three keys to living a Christian life. Topic number nine talks about the big five spiritual disciplines. So there's really no need to walk through those topics because that's all about honoring God, the second arrow in the circle. Someone who hasn't trusted Jesus for salvation doesn't really need to learn about honoring God because their sin problem isn't taken care of yet. I mean, the last thing you want to do is give someone a false sense of security that they can go on to topic seven, eight, and nine and just become a good person and work hard to be moral. Because that goes against what we're teaching in these, in these three lessons is, is you are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, period. That's it. Like, that's how you get saved. And so for the person who is maybe still an agnostic or an atheist, what I would say is, you don't have to be mean about it. I, what I would say to them is say, hey, let's, let's put a pin in the pursuit for now. And let's come back to topic six when you're ready for it. So it really is like the hurdle that, that you, they need to recognize that they need to get over. They're not ready to go on in the pursuit. And that's okay. And just say, so why don't we put a pin in it? We'll come back to this down the road. Let's take a look at some other categories we can cover. Let's, let's maybe go through another series together. And uh, maybe on marriage or parenting or on Jesus or the Trinity. If maybe they have theological questions, great. Let's, let's explore some more of your questions. And here's what you're doing while you're, while you're exploring more questions with them is you're going to continue to engage them. You're going to continue to expose them to God's word. You're going to continue to give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to convict them of their sin. But if they're not ready to put their faith in Jesus, if, they're, if they don't have the attitude of, of repentance then don't force the issue. That's not your job. You can't make somebody pursue God. You're just inviting them to. You're welcoming them to. So don't force the issue. If they are followers of Jesus, either they're already Christians and, and they you just kind of affirm it in topic number six, or maybe they come to faith in topic number six. In those two cases, go ahead to topic number seven, and we'll cover that in our next training module. Hey listeners, Pastor Brian here. If you're enjoying our podcast, would you consider becoming a donor? Our goal is that these podcasts would reach the largest audience possible. So obviously it takes money to create good podcasts, but more than that, we want to make sure to market this to the whole nation and even to the world. That's where your donation comes in. So would you consider becoming a monthly donor? And to do it, just visit PursueGod.org forward slash donate.